Hi and welcome to Bad Bad. Off to Jeez, a great I'm off start. To a good start. Oh, here you go. Alrighty. <laughs> Starring this who? Let's power through it. Let, let's go through. It's, it's, um, this is like the literally like the shortest turnaround we've had between recordings, and you're, you're stumbling. You forgot who we are already. I've forgotten who I am, but that probably has something to do with copious amounts of alcohol and Hulk Hogan. Um, right, let's start again. Hi and welcome to Bamcast, the badly awesome movies podcast starring me and my regular co-host Ben. Hey Ben. Hey, we've gone with the starring credit again, have we? Yeah, why not? Okay, fair enough. Uh, we are we are if, the stars of this podcast. Yeah, look, if um, pretty much anybody involved in the WWE can be classed as a superstar, oh, then right, literally uh, then everybody we can is be starring. So, yeah. <laughs> How, how's it so, going? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. It's been like. 14 days i think the 20th or something was the last time we, we we chatted recorded episodes yes and i don't know why we're recording again so soon <laughs> we normally leave it so late but well it, I, it's, i've watched both movies we actually haven't got um our february movie out yet yeah we sort of got knocked off schedule because you did the the, the one with that, the, that, that one off, fella. yeah yeah which was a very good episode it was. Yeah. So we're here. We've got some Hulk Hogan movies to talk about. But uh, before we get on to the, the Hulkster, that old uh, orange racist, uh, <laughs> what have you been up to? I hear, heard you had a celebration of sorts today. Yeah. So um, my eldest daughter is 16, which means she's now able to go for her learner's permit, which um, she got first time. I was very happy with her for that. And uh, she is now legally allowed to, to drive with parental supervision um, and took her for her first couple of little drives today um, for uh, because of COVID, because let's face it, everything's because of COVID these days. Um, you still have COVID over there? Uh, yeah, but more because there was all the lockdowns and everything earlier um there's just been a big backlog of people who couldn't get out and get um their learners permits or oh, get okay, vic yeah. roads updates and all that sort of stuff so they're booked out months in advance and just, just earliest, to do the tests just to do the tests yeah um so the earliest available appointment we could get was um uh in geelong which is maybe an hour's drive away mm-hmm. from where we live so drove up to Geelong and uh, she did the test and started driving back and then I just turned down a um, country road off the um, back roads that we were going going down and pulled over and said, all right, jump in, you're going for, for a spin. So do you have an automatic? And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, she jumped in and... Um, was absolutely terrified as she drove down. Was this, she terrified um, or you terrified? She was terrified at first and then she got her confidence and then I got terrified. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it was quite funny. She would, um, yeah, it, as soon as she saw another car coming from the opposite direction on a you know, two-lane paved road, um, or sorry, fully surfaced road, uh, she'd just like start drifting off to the left into the gutter to um, <laughs> because because there's a car coming from you know, yeah but better, better get used away. to that <laughs> cars yeah. towards it. Uh, um, yeah and then 
got home from that and my wife and our youngest daughter came out and started yelling and screaming yay congratulations and and all that sort of stuff and then um we let her go for another little drive um so they could see her do do some driving and now we just got to get it booked in for some proper driving lessons so that she can get some basic skills and then we'll help get her hours up because she's got to drive for 120 hours. Oh God, it was 50 hours when I was doing it back in the day. Uh, there was no no time limit for me because yeah. I'm old. Um, <laughs> and um, yes, yeah, so 120 hours. And because she's already 16 and a half, she's only got sort of 18 months before she's eligible to go for a P's rather than the full two years so um a little less time to get 120 hours if she wants to go for them as soon as she turns 18 yeah Hmm. Yeah. very nice and so you went out for dinner tonight we did um where's the where's the fancy dinner places in it's melton isn't it it's melton yeah um it was her pick and she decided she wanted taco bills so, so just a not, not Mexican fancy, restaurant, just, I'm yeah, assuming, yeah. Yeah. Um, nothing fancy, but um, something she, she enjoys going to, and we haven't been for ages. And, yeah, had a nice feed up there, and I am absolutely stuffed. We should try to get a sponsorship deal with uh, Taco Bills. <laughs> <laughs> Mention this podcast and get 10% off your order. That'd be good if people turn up saying, "Hey, I heard an ad on the uh, <laughs> on the bandcast about this this joint." Come from all over Australia for it. Yeah, well, it's a franchise, so um, there's there's plenty of sites. Okay, cool. All right, what about yourself? What have you been up to? Well, today's uh, fun thing was I went to the dentist for the first time in you want to guess how many years since I've been to a dentist? Eight. Uh, more. Oh, jeez. 11. More. 20? No, no, no. <laughs> oh, so, so 11's, yeah, more, but 20's, oh, don't be ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, I guess. No, it's been 15 years since I've been jeez. to a dentist. Like, I've just, like, I've never had a toothache, like, there's just been never any issue, and the last time I went was only because I got a big punch-up and got my teeth smacked in. Yep. So, yeah, that was 15 years ago. <clears throat> and uh, back on Saturday, so today's Thursday, I was uh, at the supermarket, bought, like, uh, you know, filled the little bag of uh, your dried fruit, weigh it, put a sticker on it, and then I'm eating the fruit on the drive home, then I, I get inside, bring the groceries in, I'm like, oh, man, I've got a sultana stuck in my teeth. I'm like, ah, I'm trying to get it. I can kind of look, I think that I can see it there, and I'm trying to brush it out, I'm trying to bloody do it, like, get the... Uh, the floss stuff, and I'm like, yep, this yep. fucking thing won't come out. And then I'm like, ah, oh, there's nothing there. I've lost half a tooth. So <laughs> on the on the inner side, on the up, one of the not right at the back, but like third from the back one. So yeah, no pain though at all. So it was that's good. Yeah. So I, Monday morning, I went down to the dentist, and it's like, um, I've been in the dentist for a long time. Can I go to this place? Like, yeah. <laughs> So, yep. I didn't know if you like needed like a, a regular dentist that has all your your records and all that sort of shit. So I just went to literally the closest place to where I live. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I went there today and they, they gave me a filling 
Like, so I've got my first ever feeling at 36 years old. Wow. So, so and That's my, my mouth has just recovered from the the numb, the anesthetic stuff. Oh, yeah. So I was feeling a bit... It's like, oh, it's so fucking weird. It is, so, isn't it? Yeah. So that was back at like three, a quarter to three or something like that. And I feel like maybe half an hour ago. So a good like four hours or something that my face was all numb. So that was $412, which is Oof. probably not as bad as I thought, actually. Yeah. So it's, well, consider how much money I've saved from not going to the dentist for 15 years. So Well, there is that. I'm laughing. <laughs> Uh, secondly, another thing we've got to mention: the Renaissance Men podcast. We can't. I'm, yes. I'm not going to mouth off about them anymore, since though they've been really, <laughs> been really consistent putting out shows, and I'll start listening to them again. The, so on Australia time, they do their show live, and it's up on YouTube. Like I wake up at like six o'clock on a on a Saturday morning, Australia time, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, they've already started, and I just put it on, and I'm. Playing it and commenting on the on the um, YouTube comment section, interacting while I'm making breakfast and doing whatever I'm doing in the house. So I recommend people check out the Renaissance Men podcast and uh, listen to them live. That's good stuff. Yeah, I um, listened to the episode that they um, gave us a nice shout out on, and then sort of went and picked up one or two other episodes that they'd released and was really happy with the the stuff they're putting out it um we, we've no, we've both known the guys that have been doing that show for a while hmm. um and i did um a segment called die cinema die on there which was sort of what the band cast started out as and um so we've always had a good relationship with those guys but they did go through a period where they just um seem to stop and start and um it's good to see them back in a regular schedule so we go like six months without an episode and new hosts rebranding changing like now it's on twitch now it's on youtube now it's on bloody bloody blah speaker radio now they seem to be in a good um yeah hopefully routine yeah so really enjoying that Mm. now which brings me to another thing how did we ever meet Uh, did we first interact online because of Renaissance Yeah, Man? we... Was no. It, was um, it Digital it was Cowboys? Uh, I believe it was KDS 2.0, the Kid Dog Show. Was it that, was it? Yeah. How? Because um, that was, you know, there was a big wrestling bent to that. Um, but basically on Twitter, we sort of followed a few of the same podcasts and um, commented on a few different things and started talking. And then, um, both being in Australia... Um, you had a mate of yours who had bought tickets to go with you to the wrestling and he ended up getting into his local footy club grand final so he couldn't make yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I bought the tickets off him through you and we caught up and went to the wrestling together. But you came to the wrestling twice, though, didn't you? Yeah, so that one was Was that the, the first one or the second one? That, that was the first one. That okay, was when yeah. we first met. Yeah. Um... And then, like, we'd been chatting on Twitter for for a while before that. Um, and then the second time we just, we organised it, that we'd um, we'd go down to the wrestling together. Hmm. Yeah, I just can't remember the, like, I remember the Kid Dog Show and everything, but hmm. I just can't remember those interactions. For some reason, did you ever listen to Digital Cowboys? Because I thought we went back to the bloody forums on there. 
Oh, look, we probably did. I, I did listen to the Digital Cowboys, and I was on their forums many, many years ago. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's going back quite a while. Yeah. Um, but I'm always um, listening to, to podcasts. I'm having a look at my podcast app while we're talking now, and I'm just seeing here, what have I got, 4, 8, 12, 16. I've, yeah. <laughs> I finally got caught up I, on I've Giant got... Bomb as well. Yeah. I've been catching up on stuff that I've been neglecting for like six months. I've got about 20 separate podcasts that I listen to on a um, either regular weekly format as they bring out their episodes or um, have a um, backlog of their show that I'm listening to that I'm working through Hmm. um and a couple that um that are on hiatus or have started off and just haven't really gone anywhere on top of that 20 yeah (laughs) and and a good you know eight of those are um the ones that are done through uh ryan laplante and the um dum-dums and dice guys so you never um, know when a new episode could drop so you just keep the subscription just in case Oh no, those those eight are regular. Um, oh. so um, out of those eight, I think five of them are weekly releases, and um, three of them are sort of at intervals. Yeah. So um, a seasonal with, or something. Yeah, it's um, with tabletop role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. There's a concept of a thing called a, a one shot. Oh yeah, I think you talked about yep. this the other day. And um, yeah, so so a one shot will basically be, all right. Well, you know, rather than having a massive campaign that goes for months or years and evolves over time and all this sort of stuff, it's right. We're going to sit down for you know a whole day one Saturday and play through start to finish an adventure. And that's you know just a one and done type things, so they're called a one shot. So you know they'll have those one shot podcasts when they feel like it. And um, but they've got five weekly, five separate weekly podcasts that they put oh, out. Wow. Yeah, um, which is just insane. Um, and then I've got stuff like uh, last last save loaded. Um, Critical Role, which is a pretty big one. Game Burst, which you'd be familiar with. Um, a couple of D&D style ones. And um, another one or two bad movie ones. And uh, one that has been going for quite a while. They're up to... Well, it's called Hello from the Magic Tavern. They're 306 episodes in at the moment. Oh, we'll get there one day. I'm I'm up to season one episode ten, mm. um, but it's sort of a comedy show where um, a bunch of theatre kids have put it together, and um, the the basic concept for theirs, well, at least for the first ten episodes, is. Uh, a guy from Chicago fell through a magic portal behind the local Burger King and ended up in a fantasy tavern. And he does interviews with people from um, from that fantasy realm. So there's 
wizards and princes and fairies and talking plants and all sorts of stuff that they just sort of do these interview you know fake interviews with um which is you know I'll, i'll have something like that podcast that i stumble across and i'll just play a couple of episodes at a time in between the regular weekly ones yeah but um yeah i, I listen to a lot of podcasts <laughs> i haven't been able to listen to any this week because uh my van has been at work being in the shop getting fixed up so i've and my, i think my van's the only one that has like a bluetooth connection so i've had to be listening to the radio so oh. so that's ugh, that sucks but uh yeah once once i get my van back supposedly t- it'll be there tomorrow I'm about to get back to some podcasts. Um, I've got another thing here. Yeah. Not that it's anybody listening to this is probably going to care. TCW, their next show, Annihilation 8, is up in a couple of weeks' time, February 20th. Uh, word on the street is that El Hio de Doomslayer, who's a good friend of mine and yours. I've, I've heard of him, yes. Yes, yes he's a very good wrestler. Um as Absolutely a, one of my favourite wrestlers of all time, despite he, only having a couple of matches so far. But you can he's, see he's had, he's had three matches. Yeah, he's not on the show in a wrestling capacity, at least at this... St- or he's, I'm pretty sure he's not going to be wrestling, but uh, I'm sure he'll be lurking around somewhere, him and his chain. Let's let's uh-huh. hope that, let's hope that's the case. There's still some time to find out if, what, what he's going to be up to. Fair enough. And, so. and anyone who knows anything about wrestling knows that just because you're not on the card doesn't mean you're not going to necessarily and, have an appearance. And it means turn up with your gear. So <laughs> so I'm ref- definitely refereeing at this point, and I'm still booked in to get a spray tan, even though I'm just refereeing. But you just never know what else you could happen. Know. So if... Uh, yeah, card is subject to change. It always is, yeah. And I, actually, because um, I've had my pinched nerve problem, so I hadn't ran run or did like a leg workout for six weeks but yesterday at wrestling training i went for my went for a 2.4 kilometer run or something so and i hurt my hamstring <laughs> but oh, it's on the other leg so it's it's that'll be fine that's just very temporary it's not pinched nerve stuff so i've had um went to the physio a couple of times so i'm feeling like i'm i'm on the other side of it for now it had been two years since my last proper oh fuck I'm on a swivel chair and I just made it collapse on myself. <laughs> I, had, I hit the um, the lever thing with my heel and I got wedged under the chair. Oh, jeez. Um, so, yeah, looks like... So I'm on the mend. And that's that stuff. Have you got any things you've been watching that are worth talking about? Uh, nothing that's really sort of come up um, since we last spoke. Uh, probably about the only thing that I wouldn't have mentioned is I started watching a couple of episodes of Star Trek Below Deck, which is an animated Star Trek series. Yeah. Um, and I'm not a huge Star Trek fan. Um, I've watched a couple of the movies. Uh, you know, like pretty much anybody who's had access to a TV, I've seen some of the original series and uh, stuff like that. But um, was never a huge, huge Star Wars fan. Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek. I'm What's your just going to lose nude, n- nude cred. Bloody hell, I'm not nude credits? well today. <sighs> really? that's, that's a completely different thing to be watching. Um, 
Nerd cred. I'm going to lose nerd cred for that. Um, so, yeah, not, not a huge Star Trek fan, but someone who's watched enough to know what the jokes are and you know, the, the red shirts always die when they land on the planet and um, you know, dilithium crystals and, and all this sort of stuff. Uh, and this is very much a um, comedy cartoon show. Uh, so, you know, very first episode, they beam down to a planet. Um, one of the away team gets bitten by a mosquito, which um, half an hour later, when he's back on the ship, turns him into a zombie. Um, and um, you know, it's all of a sudden, the entire ship is infected with a zombie plague. Um, Meanwhile, the main characters are just down on the planet doing other side stuff and um, come back to find the ship's just overrun with zombies and, um, yeah, definitely not, um, definitely not playing it straight. Yeah, I'm still looking at some pictures from it here. Yeah. It kind of has like um, a, a family guy sort of animation look, would you say? No, not quite. Not quite to that actually. I'm. I'm not sure what it looks like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, this is um, like. So do the main characters exist in this show? No. But they're not the focus. They sort of go down to the planet, and then it's like these guys are. The support crew so, doing them, whatever happens in their lives. Yeah, it, it's basically the you know the engineers and technicians and stuff like that that are down in the bowels of the ship. Um, so the the opening scene of the first episode is basically um, you know captain's log stardate blah 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 first contact is very important when dealing with an alien race and blah 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 but we do second contact um, which doesn't sound as important but really kind of is and then just as he's saying that um, the door opens and it's one of the it's not the captain it's one of the technicians in um in the janitor's closet just pretending to be the captain um and and the person who opens the door goes oh my god are you like doing a captain's log that is so lame they're just trying to live out their fantasies of being like the yeah yeah um, the adventurers. So I watched a couple of episodes. I've I've enjoyed them, um, and I'll watch a few more. But probably not enough to uh, not enough to make a proper, you know, this is good, this is bad, call at this stage. But yeah, three down. I'll watch some more between now and next episode. I guess. Yeah. Anything else that you've seen that's been worth talking about? Uh, no, no. Um, I'd finished watching Cobra Kai. Um, last time we spoke, I'm pretty sure. I can't remember. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure I had. <laughs> and the, you watched the Mandalorian as well, didn't you? Did you talk- yes. Yeah, I thought so. yep. Cobra Kai and Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, I discussed that last time. Hmm. The only sort of Bamcast kind of movie I've watched was uh, Slam Dunk Ernest. Now, have, are you a fan of the Ernest movies, or have you seen them? I was caught up in the early earnest 
fever. Yeah. Because you know, the first couple of Ernest movies... Goes to camp. Took off massively. Christmas. Those um, the ones that actually hit the theatre. I feel yeah. like Slam Dunk Ernest might have been the last one that came out in theatres. Or was like the the first one that was a straight to video kind of thing. It was right on the, yeah. on the cusp of the downcline. Um, so I definitely watched the first couple of movies. But I know that there were quite a few others. Um, and I hadn't hadn't gone down that particular rabbit hole. Yeah. So I hadn't actually seen this one since I was a kid. And this was on Prime as a rental one. There's a whole bunch on Prime. Some are, some no, sorry, this was not a rental one. This was a one you could just watch. Yeah, um, yeah. There's a bunch on there. Some you got to pay. Some you don't have to. It's just as long as you got Amazon Prime streaming thing. Um, so put this one on and genuinely like laugh out loud. Funny. You can see there's a cheap movie and like the lack of extras in scenes and it's like. There's just fucking nobody around, and there's like hardly any locations. But there's yeah, genuinely the funny movie. <laughs> and uh, my youngest daughter Olivia, who's nine, she watched it with me, and she enjoyed it. Like we both just cackling at certain parts in the movie. So I do recommend people check it out if you if you've already watched like the better Ernest movies, <laughs> then <laughs> then watch this one as well because it's still good. And like Jim Varney, like he died when he was fifty. The guy that plays Ernest. And that was ages mm-hmm. ago. Like, he... Oh, man, it would have been really cool to see him in other things. Like, not just plain slapstick. But, uh, you know, I think he's like a classically, like, theatre-trained actor. But he, he just sort of did earnest. And that, <laughs> and that was about and it. And that's all he got known for. He was actually in a Hulk Hogan movie as well. Um, oh! He was the villain in, like, Three Ninjas Kickback or something. Which Hulk, okay. Hulk Hogan is in, like, the third Three Ninjas movie. And so he's... Jim Varney. And then okay. he, Jim Varney, of course, uh, voiced Slinky Dog in Toy Story. At least the first one. I think he died before the second one was made. I can't remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I watched that. Video games? Video games? What have you got? Um, not much. I've sort of um, really just sort of been hopping between a few different things. Um and nothing's really sinking in but um i do keep going back to a game called slay the spire it's a name i've keep seeing it but i have no idea what it is yeah i might look up some um, images while you talk about it it's a um roguelike card game is probably the the description you'd use for it so you have a character that um We'll start off fighting a monster, a random monster, and you'll have a deck of a hand of cards, five cards that say, you know, strike or block generally that do a couple of points of damage or block a couple of points of damage. And then as you sort of go through each battle or each scene, you'll get rid of some of your crappy cards, you'll get new cards you'll get artifacts that give you different boosts um and the aim is to get through basically 50 levels um and then you get to um you know the big boss at the end and um every time you sort of go through you can unlock more stuff and go back and every play is different because of the randomization that goes into it so with the roguelike, um, do you carry over anything? Do you like build up credits and then you can sort of start the next 
run through with um, like upgrades at all? You get you unlock more cards um, and a couple of abilities and um, things like that that um, can become available. But you always sort of start off with here is your basic character with the basic hand of cards. Um, but right at the very start of the game, um, you get, I think after your very first run or your very first completion, um, you get an option to, uh, at the start of each new run that you do, to either get rid of some cards, upgrade some cards, get a random artifact that gives you some sort of bonus, or... Um, you know, maybe have your next three fights the enemies only have like one hit point or something like that uh, so that sort of has a bit of a random factor of what you pull in for the start of each round uh, each run but um, yeah it's just one that you can sort of go back play for an hour or so if you do a full run and go yep great okay um yeah, and I'll, I'll go back to that a couple of times a week, I think. But it's just something that I'm playing while I'm looking for something to really stick my teeth into. But that's about the only one I've been going back to. So is that a free game? Um, is that on phone? Uh, or is that... game, games with Gold. Uh, oh, it's a console game. Pass. game. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, it's on PC as well. Yeah. And it... Uh, actually, maybe, maybe even just today came out on... Um, Android. Okay. It's actually um, a game done through Humble Bundle. Uh, they've, you know, it's one of the games they've actually been the publisher for. Oh, okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, really good game and one that you can just sort of dip into and go back with um, with no real dramas. What about yourself? What have you been playing? Uh, was I talking about No Man's Sky in virtual reality last time we talked? I think you'd mentioned that you were dabbling, but uh, dabbling, yeah. But, but yeah, nothing in detail. I started a new um, playthrough of it with all the whatever the current update was. Was was my other games of it was a uh, way behind, I think. And yeah, I think my save file was up to like twelve hours now. So I, I just had two weeks holiday as well. So I was playing a lot more games then. <clears throat> a lot more of that game. I was like just so hooked on. It's like, oh, I've got a spare couple of hours. All right, let's put the helmet on. And boom, two hours gone. Yeah. Um, so aside from that, I uh, got the rock. Uh, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Got the Xbox 360 out of the cupboard. Mm-hmm. Uh, I pulled the entertainment unit out, dusted behind. Got all the cords set up better. Like I had the VR box and the cords just everywhere as well. So I've got everything like properly, properly going behind the, the cabinet now, and put the Xbox 360 in the bottom shelf. Uh, got the Rock Band instruments out and been playing a fucking lot of Rock Band 3. And uh, my kids are now at the age where they've got the coordination to be able to play along. So Olivia, the nine-year-old, she's been playing the drums, but she wants to play the drums. Yep. And so she, like the first couple of songs on easy difficulty, and every song has its own difficulty as well, just depending on how com- complex it is. Yep. But... Um, yeah, she was hitting like 44% in the first couple games of the notes on easy. And now, 
pretty much, unless they were doing like a fucking like Iron Maiden or something real complex. <laughs> she's like hitting it consistently in the like eighty five percent and and higher. So she's feeling good about that. And then I've even got Harper, my older daughter, into doing the singing. But uh, so she, when she sings, she gets to choose the song because I think the singer should get to do that. Yep. And um, because we absolutely love watching Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist, that's our favorite TV show currently. And it's like, oh, every episode, it's like, oh, what songs are going to be featured on it? And are they on Rock Band? So, and Rock Band's got like 2,000 tracks you can download as well. So we've got a, a nine-song nine set list within the game of songs that have been featured on the show. So it's like, and we, like, quite consistently on Spotify in the car, we'll listen to the song, like, like taken from the TV show with the cast singing yep. the songs. And so... They will really like the songs from that. So now it's like, oh, it's not as good as the the actors sing. I was like, yes, but this is the <laughs> this is actually a Freddie Mercury singing um, this song <laughs> instead of that, <laughs> that character. So that's why it sounds different. So we've been having a lot of fun with that. And then yeah, every time there's a new episode, it's like, oh, numb by Linkin Park. Yes, this is on the game. We can add this to the set list now. <laughs> and um, yeah, speaking of my older daughter, I'm now the father of a high school student. So. She just yeah, just started yeah, uh, grade seven this week, so getting used to the new routine of uh, driving to a primary school and a high school, and then getting back in time for work. So, yep. yes, it's a uh, busy mornings in this household now. What grade's your youngest in? Uh, grade four. Okay, four, so yes. three years of doubling up. Yeah, yeah. Could be worse. Yeah, as long as um, we've been sort of trialling what time we need to leave kind of thing. So I think we've, we've found a, a sweet spot to do it at the moment. Yeah, my um, my daughters are going to two different schools, but luckily there's a half-hour gap between the start times between the two. Yeah. So um, that's not too bad. And what's the distance like? Are they both in Melton or you got to go further? Yeah, both in Melton. Um, opposite sides of town, but Ugh, still yeah. in town, so... It's about 10, 10 minute drive from one to the other. Okay. So that's not too bad. Yeah. Man, we've had a lot of chit chat for <laughs> a small <laughs> amount of time since recording. But uh, that's all right. Is it time to talk about one of the, our uh, featured movies? I think it is. And um, as we discussed off air, uh, we're going to start with The Secret Agent Club. In- starring. Insert trailer here. Nice shades. Calm. And late. For his PTA meeting. Hi, guys. Super Dad has arrived! For a single dad who sells toys by day and protects the free world by night, wearing two hats can be impossible. There's a slight problem, sir. Oh, yeah. When you're about to lose your head. Got the seatbelt on? Yeah. Good. Now. Hang on! What do these guys want? Toy business. It's cutthroat. His cover's blown. Your dad doesn't run a toy store. We work for an organization called Shadow. Jeremy, your dad isn't a dweeb at all. His mission's a bust. And it's up to the secret agent club. Traycraft. Third degree black belt. To save his butt. We're going to rescue my dad ourselves. Yes! 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 
sorry. Secret Agent Club with Richard Mull, Matthew McCurley, Edward Albert, Lyman Ward, and special appearance by James Hong with Barry Bostwick and Leslie Ann Down as Eve. It's 10 p.m. Do you know where your dad is? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Alrighty. Uh, yes, obviously starring the immortal Hulk Hogan, pro wrestler extraordinaire, WWE superstar, and a legit actor. A legit actor. Well, he's, he's a professional actor, I guess. He's been paid to, to act in, uh, in films on celluloid or whatever you call it. So, The Secret Agent Club, released in 1996. Uh, it's got a 3.3 on IMDb, so not too great. Yep. Uh, to the world, Raid Chase is nothing more than a klutzy, overgrown toy seller whose wife passed away a few years ago. I completely missed that part of the film. And his only son, Jeremy, doesn't get to see him very often because he's... Click to see full summary. Oh, this is fucking huge. Anyway, he's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a secret agent. Duh. <laughs> now, yes. Cla- claiming to be a toy salesman who goes to toy fairs and that's why he has to go to con- conferences um, and stuff conferences and stuff like that which is why he's always out of town yeah so this movie starts with the cold open where it's sort of like a bond film where oh this is what he's like this is the current mission kind of thing gets action sort of set pc kind of thing like that and then uh he comes back home but uh looking at who now, else i is really in enjoyed the um the opening Mission really? I, I, as soon as he like oh. got into the comedic stuff at the baseball game, it's like okay, this is enjoyable. I, I, I just feel like that other stuff can just literally be in any other movie, and being in this one it was just Hulk Hogan doing it, not so fun. Yeah, see, I um, I I found it wasn't too bad. It was um, a, a couple of daggy one-liners, and um, you know, like he um. Climbs over an electric fence using some special gauntlets, which is fine. Oh, he's got all the like um, the James Bond gadgets, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, but then he goes, um, you know, um, comes across an army general who's you know going to this black market auction to to buy a secret weapon, and the guy goes, "Oh, the yeah, the security here is really shocking," and then you know. Hulk Hogan touches him with the gauntlets that have been charged up from climbing over the electric fence and electrocutes the guy and goes, yes, shocking. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, was, so the, the daggy one-liners and stuff like I that. I think the, right? white li- yeah. the, the one-liners were better in <laughs> the other movie. Uh, but we'll get there. I'm looking. So this is directed by John Malowski. He's got 28 director credits. Literally nothing I've ever heard of here before. Um, oh, no, Santa with Muscles. He did that in the same year as this one, so um, you've you've been there before. Oh yes, um, he did a movie called Cop Dog in two thousand eight, which um, I must say looks fucking amazing. <laughs> cop dog, and it's a ghost as well, so it's a cop ghost dog. I'm assuming that's what's going on here. That looks like a made for TV movie. So, uh, who else do we have in this uh, this fine film of Secret Agent Club? I feel like there was some familiar names. We had James Hong. Yes. Um, who you... Which is probably about the only recognisable... Oh, no, some, one of I've got two recognisable actors for me. Yeah, so we also got... So James Hong, who probably... Oh, he's just a character actor. He's, oh, he was... um. 
the villain in uh, the Kurt Russell movie, John Carpenter. That doesn't narrow it down. Big Trouble Little China. He was that guy. Fong Lang or something. I can't remember. He's, he's a, a regular character actor. Yeah, he's um, in the 80s he's and been 90s. He a lot of stuff. He was the only uh, Asian guy that was in movies, pretty much. Uh, Jack Nance, who's typically in David Lynch things. He was in all throughout um, Twin Peaks. Yes, which is what I recognised him from. Yeah, so he was really like hamming it up here. Like he just, oh, he was, yeah. it was weird. Uh, MC Gainey, who pretty sure he's been lost, and he's just in a lot of. Stuff. Fuck! I did the things with the chair. All right, I'm gonna get rid of this chair. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna break my ankle. I'm just gonna grab a, a, a proper chair. I'll be right back. Alrighty. You also had um, Barry Bostwick. Yeah, that I, I knew their name, but I didn't recognise which. Who was he in? Uh, he was Brad in the Rocky Horror Picture oh, Show. That, oh, and he's the mayor from Spin City as well, isn't he? Yes. Yeah, I saw the name um, Barry Bostwick, but then I didn't realise that was his name. MC Gainey. He's just one of those guys that's fucking everything. Welcome to the show where we click around IMDb, but. <laughs> That's all of our shows. I was in Dukes of Hazard, Con Air, Wild Hogs, Club Dread, lots of stuff. And yeah. um, I, I think it's it's safe to say that a lot of the actors in here were um, sort of character actors that you'd, you'd recognise, but not necessarily um, someone who really was known for carrying a show on their own. One of the nasty boys is, is here in the credits, but I don't remember him being in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was going to bring that who, up. Who was he in the movie? He was the umpire in the baseball game. Oh, he was right at the start, okay. Yep. Yeah. That okay. was Nobs, wasn't it? Uh, I can't... Was it Sags or Nobs? I, I can remember. Yeah, I think it was Nobs. I never remember which one's which. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was Hogan's, like, those are his best mates. So it's a wonder Jimmy Hart yeah. wasn't in this as well. Because he just gets some jobs everywhere that he goes. Two of the guys from the um, stunt team listing were um, surname Hart, but they didn't seem to have any wrestling connection. Uh, probably not. Anyway, on to the, some things that actually happened in the, within the movie. So do you have a brief outline of the plot? Because I've just got, like, sort of dot points here. Yeah, I'll, I'll do a quick outline. So you have uh, Hulk Hogan starting out as a um, James Bond-style secret agent, goes in, steals a one-of-a-kind prototype laser gun. It's been auctioned for, was it $1 trillion? I think they started the bidding at $10 billion, Oh, okay. And then they started going up from there. Yeah. Um, and um, so he, he manages to... To get it, you get introduced to the uh, two of the main bad guys. The um, character Eve, who was the um, sort of evil mastermind. And um, then you had a guy called Rex, who was this big hulking dude with a robot, um, robot, robot metal boot. Looked like a moon, moon boot. I thought yeah. it was Kurgan, the... the guy that will go into wrestling wwf as kurgan because he's actually a 
an act more of an actor now and he turns up like pretty much plays that role in a lot of action films and I was like oh that's Kurgan but then I'm like I couldn't find him in the credits so yeah that guy's also in Jingle All The Way I can't remember him that just looking at his profile picture that does not look like him no no it doesn't at he all looks like an old redneck kind of thing yeah but uh... so she's blowing up I'm just going to like inter- when you get to the bits yeah go for it. So she's demonstrating the the laser gun, just like uh, just vaporizing, turning people to dust, pretty much. Just that shooting thing. Oh, maybe you'd like a live target, and then you comedic moment of like the three, you know, um, waiters or whatever standing together, and then like the ones on either side start side like creeping away. So then she shoots the one in the middle, and then just she's just like blowing people up everywhere. And I don't know, I don't know how I feel about so much death in this movie that was obviously for children and we'll get back to that when we come to the end of the film as well yeah uh, yeah when Hogan stole the laser gun and he goes like infrared vision and to take it out but so he doesn't self the alarm like he, his hair like he goes straight through the lasers did you see that yeah it looks like that to me as well yeah anyway but yeah um so he he manages to get away with the laser gun and um he goes back to his false identity as a toy salesman and uh, a toy shop where um he's just about to put it away in a safe when um his son um comes in and they sort of have a bit of a father oh no sorry i've, I've jumped ahead he finishes his mission and he goes straight from there to the baseball his game. son's baseball game board, where yeah. he shows up late. Yeah. yeah. Hey, but when he's driving there, it's like full on like Mr. Bean trying to drive and change his clothes at the same time. And he's then he pulls off his wig. It's like, oh, I didn't expect him to... I thought that was just going to be his hair within the movie. But then he rips his weird wig that's like not much really hair in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's the back... Like his um, skullet just looked fucking weird as anything on the back like it looked really weird his hairstyle and then he puts yeah. on glasses so of course you don't know what he's really capable of that's it because glasses hide muscles yeah and it's a known scientific fact um, so yeah he um, shows up it, it becomes very clear that um, he's quite often late or a no-show for uh, his son's activities and um, that he's always away doing other stuff. It's an all-around disappointment to the child by the looks of things. Yeah. It's like, my dad's such a fucking loser. (laughs) Can't catch a ball, we've got no coordination. And then he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to catch the guy out. Now, I thought Hogan's acting here was actually brilliant. Like, the way that... Like, Hogan was showing his actual acting ability of playing this real klutzy goofball and I thought that was actually tremendous I'm going to agree yeah, yeah. Um, the the bit where he was um, trying to be the, the doofus dad uh, he, he played it really well I mean it was still over the top hamming it up but it was the right over the top hamming it up if you know what I mean you know, being a kid's um, you know, a family comedy movie. Um, it was exactly what you needed for that sort of 
sort of show. Yeah, and the way that Hogan plays his politics within wrestling as well is like he never wants to look bad or anything, but he was like, yes, I'm going to take the wig thing off and show that I'm got this stupid fucking hairstyle, <laughs> lack of hair, <laughs> and look like a goofball within the the context of the film as well. So I'll give him that. Yep. Um, and then after the baseball game, um, they go. He goes to sort of get rid of the um, ray gun. Finds out that the bad guys are chasing him down. Jumps in the car with his son, and you get a car chase and a small fight scene um, where. Um, he does eventually get taken down, but his son gets away. He shoots a rocket out of the car and blows up that. Like this movie had yes. like a decent budget. I feel like like that looked cool. It did. Yeah, and um, yeah, perfect shot right on the um, license plate, basically. Um, so dead center of the car. Yeah. And the police are just all fake police. I don't know if they're real police or whatever. No, no, it was fake. They're police. just like straight up shooting each other as well. So yeah, so just. Okay. Like, what was this film rated, actually? I want to say PG. Yeah. I feel like it had to be. Yeah. I mean, there were explosions and stuff, but it was A-Team-style explosions. There was no blood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, this is where the movie takes a complete turn. Now, I, I went into this blind. I hadn't read... Anything I just knew it was a Hulk Hogan movie. Um, so this is where, for me, it took a real turn because it turns out it's not really a Hulk Hogan movie. Yeah, Hogan's sort of on ice for the majority of this film, isn't it? Yeah. It's like it becomes he's, about he's there the, for the first kids. Yeah. Um, so it now changes to being about his son and his son's group of friends. Um who are trying to stay one step ahead of the bad guys and um, find the gun and save his dad and all those sorts of things that kids do in a family action comedy movie. Yeah, and I kind of didn't miss Hogan either. What did you think? Did you just sort of get into the movie just as being like a kid's adventure movie? Yeah, once I realised that was the direction they were going, I... um, was able to just sort of move along. It was just that initial sort of like, oh, right, yeah. it's a kid's movie. Um, um, so we get to the... Yeah. So then he's getting... Jack Nance is like the evil scientist and he's doing the experiment, like trying to like get the information out of Hogan. And he's like, plays that... Not, like, I thought the movie just like completely skipped a scene where he's back with his son. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. And the kid's like, oh, hey, Dad... Thanks for breakfast, kind of thing, and he's like, "Now where is where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Where is it?" Doing the whole like <laughs> Batman kind of thing. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of, and it was like really nightmarish because this is like what drug-induced virtual reality kind of hypnosis thing that he, they're doing experiments mm. they're doing on Hogan to um, get it. And it's like that was really creepy, actually. Yeah, and, and the fact that you had um, the TV screen on in the background for a good chunk of the movie whenever you had any scenes with um, with the Doctor there, 
um, with the kids just going, I hate you, I hate yeah. you, I hate you, I hate you, I hate you. Um, I was so glad when that TV got What did you think of the actual, on. like the score to the film, the soundtrack? Because part of it was like, well, quite good, like action music. And then like, I think there was like this sci-fi kind of theme that kept creeping in that just sounded fucking awful. I don't know if that stood out to you or not. Other than the rap at the end over the credits, um, I didn't really notice the, the soundtrack, okay. to be honest. It, it didn't really stand out for me. Man, what about the song when we get to the other movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> that was brilliant. Anyway, back to um, this one. Yeah, so um, we have a bit of toing and froing of the kids trying to deal with you know, Rex. growing up bad guys and um, and work out what's going on and um, then we sort of get to a point where they go, right, we can't rely on the adults. We've got to do this ourselves. We're going to go in and rescue um, Hulk Hogan ourselves and, right, let's go to the toy store and arm up. Yeah, with all the, t- with like uh, Nerf guns and shit. Yeah. yeah. And um, have, we had, that... have we had the Max Simpson bit yet? No, do you want to do it that? Was, so Hulk's like, oh, Mac, you got to find Max Simpson, something like that. Like, he'll look after you. And then there's one bit there on the run from Rex, and White Van turns up, and it's Barry Boswick, and he's like, hop in, kids. And I think he shoots at the whoever's chasing them. Yeah. Yep, at, shoots at Rex. at Rex. And they get in, and I'll go, this is totally not going to be the Max Simpson guy, or if... If it is, this is actually a villain. And then, um, yeah, he takes him back to his house and sets the old alarm thing. It's like, yeah, he's up to no good. And then later on, they're like, yeah, he, he uh, was actually the villain. And what did they say? Oh, but you said we could, no, we thought we could trust Max. It's like, hey, you didn't ask if that was me, though, did you? And so he was actually a, a somewhat of a smart villain who had magic tricks. Yes. Um, yeah, so when they jumped into the van, um, Hogan's son, Jeremy, turns around and goes, Oh, you must be Max. Yes. And he's just like, Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Um, much more convincingly, though. But, uh, yeah, that was the, the gist of that. Um, what did you think of the kids um, infiltrating the super secret... Um, bad guy base using nothing but toys. Oh god, I can't remember this bit. I watched the whole movie, but it doesn't, didn't stand out to me. Um, oh, that that was sort of the that was the highlight for me. Yeah. Um, so they they go back to the toy store. They load up with a whole bit bunch of stuff. They must have gotten so much in product placement. Oh yeah. For these, I'm I'm sure of it. So. Um, what they do is they go, okay, um, there's an electric fence. Okay, we dig under it with um, literally the sort of plastic buckets and shovels you get for going to the beach. Oh, you know what they should have dug? They should have got one of those like little digger things that you sit in it and you turn oh, yeah. it and you... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then, um, and then they set up a fucking water slide on the other side. Yeah. Lots of yeah, effort. Like, just in case we need a slip and slide to get out of here before it self-destructs. Um, I want to mention... And, and you knew that was going to get used. I want to mention Barry Boswick's um, death, how he gets all shot up and, like, the light 
goes through the holes in his body. Oh, yeah. Like, I thought that effect was pretty... Like, everything looked pretty good in this movie. Like, it didn't look, obviously, shit. Um, oh, and the secret password when... Uh, so, they made up what... So, James Hong's ne- uh, grandson is a Japanese kid. Uh, Shigeyu, and he's got uh, some karate moves. And it- Yeah, there, there was a bit of just generic 90s racism in this yeah. movie. The, the Asian kid knows karate... The black kid knows some gangsters. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, Doa Mashte is, um, you're welcome. And so he says that in Japanese. And then they go, don't touch the mustache. And then that became their, their code word, password thing that the, what was it, the CIA or whoever was trying to, trying to hack the yep. password. It's like, don't touch the mustache, which was fucking funny. And considering how Hulk Hogan is identified with his with his moustache as well, so yep. I thought I don't know if that was intentional, but I did like that. It seemed pretty funny to me. Um, then we had the kids um, to get into the base. The bad guys were using a voice recognition um, voice print, so they got a Furby. Oh, which I'd say they should have got uh, the old Home Alone um, talk boy. Um, so the the Furby again, blatant product placement. Um, yeah, they they place that behind some boxes near the um, intercom, record um, one of the henchmen as they go in, and then just play that back from the Furby. Uh, we had, uh, what else do they use? Oh, when they're being chased up some stairs, dropping a bag of marbles. Um, oh, yeah, so it all felt like Home Alone here at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, the, during the sort of fight where Hulk Hogan's um, fighting Rex and they're in the room with him and um, Hogan and Rex are just sort of throwing each other around. Um Jeremy chucks a slinky, a, a proper metal slinky, onto a um, electrical box, which then touches Rex's metal leg yeah. and, and electrocutes him. Um, and then coming out of the, um, you know, rushing out of the, the place at the very end where they've got the slip and slide set up, um, the girl just grabs a um, super soaker and just starts squirting the slip and slide as they run towards it to, to slide yeah, yeah. on it. Get it all lubed up. Um, so, yeah, really, yeah, Home Alone is probably a really good comparison to that whole section of the movie. And uh, Hulk Hogan, they weren't able to get the the laser gun thing back, so Eve has it. She's skulking around the base, but Hogan set it to self-destruct, and then she gets trapped under this metal cage thing that would, if you... Weren't lay- if you, if you weren't laying down, it would fucking kill you. <laughs> just the, it's such a low. It's like something you'd have over an animal to catch an animal or something. It's that's yeah. on all fours kind of thing. And so she gets trapped under there with the the gun nearby, still getting ready to self destruct. And yeah, it's just weird that the main villain just straight up gets fucking blown up in this movie. And <laughs> you feel like everybody should have been arrested, or Hogan just bet him up, or. Like, um, even, like, looking at Suburban Commando, like, they didn't get killed or anything. They just sort of got beaten up, and he's like, all right, well, on my way kind of mm. thing. So, very strange. 
very strange. And uh, what was the finale of it? I guess they all just hang around watching the place blow up, and then a rap yeah, song. Yeah, they um, yeah, they they watch the um, the the place blow up, and then there's the the little shot of um, Hogan's son Jeremy and the um, the girl I think Rosalie. Yeah. Um, you know, holding hands as they watch. Um, everything blow up. Um, yeah, and oh, they, they cut to the um, award ceremony where they're given the kids are given um, presidential medals of valor. Oh, yes. um, type things, and um, the the sign that they had in their backyard that went to their pointed to their secret clubhouse. It said "Secret Club." Um, Mac. the real Max. Yeah. Um grabs a red pen out and writes the word agent on there so it now becomes secret agent club. Who they had beaten up earlier. Or Shigeo had beaten him up. (laughs) They thought he was one of the bad guys. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's that's the movie in in summary. Um, Any other scenes you want to mention or shall we go straight to our ranking? Uh, Well, there's no trivia available in the movie but I was actually looking up like what was Hogan doing, like, wrestle-wise at the time of this movie. Oh, yeah. Um, I reckon this was Hogan play- playing politics, but six days before this movie premiered, he won the WCW Heavyweight Championship. So I reckon that would have been Hogan saying, hey, the movie's coming out, I think it would be a better promotion if I was champion. Again. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was Giant, the Giant, who, um, the big show, who he'd beaten for it. Okay, yeah. but uh, score wise, what do you what do you reckon? Well, I guess I need to cover off our um, painted to non legally painted scoring system. Uh, anything rated a one, two, or three is just a bad movie. Um, anything rated a four, five, or six comes under the the purview of a yeah, regular ordinary style movie from uh, your summer blockbuster to your Oscar award winning movies to your daytime dramas uh, and then 7, 8 or 9 which are our coveted scores are the movies that are so bad that they're actually good now this is a tricky one um, as a kids movie as, as a you know family action comedy that you could sit down and watch the kids with um it's probably like a four or a five yeah i was thinking five in that in yeah in that category yeah yeah um i don't think outside of that scope it really does anything badly awesome uh or particularly bad i'm i'm just gonna go with a straight five yeah yeah i'm gonna go five as well it feels right if there yeah. was enough wacky shit like you know the electro gloves and all that like if they went really over the top with all that sort of stuff then i could see it getting into the badly awesome category but um it plays it somewhat straight i think yeah it's more it's more in that kids movie realm than hulk hogan doing crazy shit (laughs) it's a middle of the road um kids movie yeah yeah 
um, which wasn't what I expected when I um, first started watching it. Um, you know, having gone in blind and just gone, oh, it's a Hulk Hogan movie with absolutely no kids on the cover. Hmm. Had you even um, heard of this movie before? I am sure I would have seen the the title somewhere, um, but no, I hadn't really hit my radar. Hmm. All right, so now we're going to go and record another episode. Correct. So um, for those of you listening, we will be back in two weeks with our second Hulk Hogan featured movie for the month. Suburban Commando, which is is awesome. (laughs) (laughs) At least I think it's awesome. We'll see. We'll find out what you think. All right. Uh, We'll catch everyone in two weeks. Bye. Bye. It's a nice place to live But I wouldn't want to visit Such a nice place to live Nah It's a nice place to live But I wouldn't want to visit Such a nice place to live Not that Hi and welcome to the Badly Awesome Movies bonus episode for February This time we're going to review Suburban Commando, the second of our Hulk Hogan movies. With me, as always, is Ben. Hey, Ben. Hello. What happened to the, our starring credits? Thank you very much. Nah, I don't think we deserve it. It's more of a, a with. <laughs> with yes. Ben White, starring Justin. Maybe. <laughs> nah. Suburban um, Commando. Do you want to do the little thing? Yes. Okay, it's got a 4.5 on IMDb. Uh, released in uh, 4th of October 1991 uh, an interstellar hero from the distant world visits Earth and tries to fit in with a mundane yet kind suburban family it's your classic fish out of water story which is something I am all on board for directed by Burt Kennedy it's got 47 credits and it looks like it's all a lot of Random episodes of Magnum P.I., kind of, that kind of thing. And old stuff from the 70s. It looks like a lot of cowboy cowboy shit, as they call it. So in westerns, that's, that's what he's responsible for. So, of course, he would do a, a sci-fi Hulk Hogan family comedy. Um, starring Hulk Hogan as Shep Ramsey. Well, Christopher Lloyd as Charlie Wilcox. How good is Christopher Lloyd in this movie? I feel like he could... He does a lot of these movies where it's like Christopher Lloyd with 
some like Harry and the Henderson. That's Christopher Lloyd's in that, isn't he? Harry and the Hendersons. Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, I feel like have Christopher Lloyd in a movie where it's like, how about this random thing? <laughs> like, come live in my fam with my family and we will have an adventure. With Shelley Duvall, who the only thing I know that she's in is um that horror movie, The Shining. Yeah, yep. not seen anything else. From my knowledge of Shelley Duvall, assuming it's Robert Duvall's daughter or something. Uh, Larry Miller, I believe he's a stand-up comedian. As yeah, as and, Chris and he boss. plays all the the character he plays in this is a the type of character he tends to be seen Fast as a talking lot. businessman, douchebag kind of thing. Yeah, we've got a and the Undertaker as Hutch. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you know Undertaker was in this movie? I did. I did. Oh, okay. Because I imagine that could have been quite the shock. It's like, is that the fucking Undertaker? Look how ugly he is and that fucking mullet. <laughs> and the voice. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> the, sucking on helium, these guys. Yeah. Uh, all right, then. So if you want to jump into the, the plot, I've got, I've got quite a few things to bring up along the way. Yeah, um... All right. First of all, I'm, um, you mentioned last episode that um, you thought this movie was awesome. Yeah. Um, just just to get out of the way up front, so did I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was good. This was the sort of thing that um, is exactly what I want to watch as part of BAMcast. It's silly. It's bad. It's fun. It makes no sense whatsoever. Every scene um, is like it's like they just jump from like hilarious scene to hilarious. Like you jump from this fucking cat that gets launched off a tree, and next thing you know, <laughs> Hulk Hogan's walking up to a bloody uh, a melon stand, and then he bloody explodes this melon over some old lady's face. It's just it's just one thing straight to the next. It's it goes so quick. It's so fun. The act, just everyone's brilliant in this movie. Like. And I watched it twice for the podcast. I'd, I'd seen this a few... It'd been, this is the kind of movie I like to watch like once a year kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. when we went down to the... Yeah, I forgot to mention in the last episode, we also spent a night down at the family shack down by the beach. And like, there's no internet there, so I took some DVDs and one of them was Suburban Commando. And I was like, right, kids, you haven't watched this. We're watching this tonight. <laughs> they enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. And then uh, I thought, I'm going to watch it again. Just because I wasn't writing notes or anything at the time. So I thought, yeah, I, I can watch this again and take some notes. Hmm. So, and you'd never seen this before then? I had never seen this oh, before. So that's a good treat. I, um, the, the main Hulk Hogan movie I'd watched prior to, to this month was uh, Santa with Muscles, which I absolutely love because it is just utterly ridiculous um yeah but that we're not talking about that one today um we we had, it really made no sense um uh, <clears throat> right um suburban commando so hulk hogan is shep ramsey an intergalactic bounty hunt uh action hero who um stops bad guys and um defeats evil generals and all those sorts of things um goes on a mission uh you see him in full swing just like at the start of our uh previous movie where a suburban commando where no this is suburban commando the other Secret one, agent club. um 
secret agent. It's like middle of whatever mission Um, he's on kind of thing. Yeah. So starts with him in full action, um, showing off exactly why he's a a full-on badass. And uh, he ends up blowing up the bad guy and the bad guy's entire command ship, escaping in his uh, ship. And um, as he's talking to his boss, who says... um, you know, you're losing your edge a bit because you let the the president get blown up on the ship too. You didn't actually save him, but you did stop the bad guy. He goes, damn it! Smashes his fist down on the um, control panel and... Fucks his um, ship. <laughs> breaks his ship. Yeah. And uh, so... His he, boss then, was like telling him, he's like, oh, you need to, like... You're just not like what you used to be, you know? It's not the 80s anymore, Hogan. You've got to go to a new territory and sort of cool off a bit. But uh, then he gets sent to Earth. Go, relax, have have a vacation kind of thing. But yeah. you've got to like char- recharge your ship, but you've got to do it at like 0.08% a day kind of thing or else the the, uh, like the energy signature is going to be too high and uh, people will be able to find that's where you are. Yeah, so, so they knew there were going to be bounty hunters and, and things like that being sent after him after defeating the latest bad guy so he's supposed to be keeping a low profile um no energy signatures from his ship from his weapons or anything like that um he he lands on earth um hides his ship and um ends up getting a um rental in the spare room of uh, Christopher Lloyd's family. Yeah, so back when he's still talking to the his boss, he's like, oh, do you have any, like, just little jobs for me? And just, I want something to do. He's like, maybe I can go on a bug hunt with some aliens that bleed acid. So, aliens <laughs> reference there. Yes. Um, and then as he's walking around the town, we get to hear the song. It's a nice place to visit. No, it's a nice place to live. But, 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 then, but then it's Hogan going, but I wouldn't want to visit. And it's just the the songs it was fucking ridiculous. Like there's there's, a, there's a, I think there was three tracks made for the movie. I think they're all done by the same people. But Hogan's like on one of them. And it's so it's so ridiculous, but it adds perfectly to the the tone of the film. Mm. Christopher Lloyd is great. I've written down, and we got Shep as the the fish out of water adjusting to what ugh, Earthlings. Great, he's just so angry, isn't he? Yeah, he <laughs> yeah is. but then he's. Like, I want to rent. Run it's like, how does he know what renting is? Like, there was a few th- earth things that I'm surprised that he, he knew what they meant, perhaps. And he's a human mm. as well, so I'm not sure what's going on there. Um, so, w- what's up next? Um, so, he's renting. You have a little bit. Yeah, he's renting. You have a little bit of an intro to um, the. Um, well, Christopher Lloyd's trying to get a raise. He's got he's That's got it. issues going on at his work, and then he's he they're showing him. He's like sort of facing towards the camera, and he's like doing his big um, spiel of about how he wants a raise. And it's like he's obviously not actually saying it to his boss. He's just practicing to somebody else, and that's what happens. And when he comes home, was he chickens out on asking for the raise? And uh, his wife's there, and she's all sexied up. She's got a wig on for some reason. He's got lingerie and that. And he just come, he's just defeated. It's like, no, I didn't ask for it. And then she's like destroyed his workshop. He's like 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 to tinker around with things, and um, turned his workshop into you know a spare room to be rented. And that's what 
Hulk Hogan turns up to take that or Shep. Yep, because they're they're just struggling to make ends meet a little bit. They're not, you know, about to lose their home or anything like that, but um, they needed a little bit of extra cash. And uh, Christopher Lloyd or Charlie just like he has a hard time of it all, doesn't he? He gets sort of bullied around in his street. There's a the people that live next door and they park their like drag cars over his his um, driveway. driveway and. Then there's those crazy people tearing up and down the street that he chickens out for. And uh, I'm not sure what point it is, but the fucking... The, the highway traffic thing, which makes no sense to me. Hopefully you can shed some light on how that system works to me. Uh, no. <laughs> no, I can't. Um, so I do know that... Um, just the way they've got it set up. Um, uh, there's a bunch of them driving down the highway... They hit a red light. They all but stop. But there's no cars to go. Like it's on a hot. There's I no. Know. Why do you I... have traffic lights on the middle of the fucking freeway? And then they. So it's red. There's no cars anywhere. And then it goes green. And then they start. They're going down. And then like it starts to turn or goes orange or red or whatever. And everybody else keeps going, but he chickens out and then reverses back. It's like, why? What? What's going on on this road? <laughs> making him stop. Uh, it was very confusing. And it comes, I think we've got three of those scenes, and then the one at the very end where he just fucking guns it and blows it up with the laser pistol. So uh, he turns around and has a bit of a snoop around because he figures something's off oh, with yes, Hulk Hogan, right. and he um, he finds one of Hogan's guns that he hid under the bed and uh, <laughs> fires it, blows up one of the neighbors. Yeah, drag it does cars. like a square hole in the. Um, in the, the wall of the house and here huge, I thought that was a nice touch huge explosion it peeks through the hole and the drag cars just exploded they didn't seem to mind because that didn't come back up later <laughs> mm. yeah um, but that does get a signal that uh, is traceable to their general vicinity yeah too and uh, bounty hunters the uh, the undertaker and um, random big guy yeah. uh start heading towards the general direction of Earth. And the um, ship, like, flying through... that It looked like a bug kind of thing, but mm. it didn't look shit. It wasn't like Battle Beyond the Stars CG of a ship. Like, this, again, looked good. <laughs> Production-wise, this movie looked good. Like, nothing's like, oh, boy, that looks horrible, like, special effects-wise. Yep. Um, and then... Having sort of had that first energy signature, um, bounty hunters are on their way. But um, after Christopher Lloyd follows Hulk Hogan again, he um, finds Hogan's ship, has a look around, and he sees a woman about to be assaulted. Yeah, kids' um, movie. This woman's about to get raped. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and... He puts on Shep's muscle-enhancing outfit um, and goes off to be a vigilante and save the girl. Very much um, reminded me of Robocop. You're moved, dirt bag. You know, shoot the guy between the legs. Shoot yep. him in the dick. It was like... I felt like he, Christopher Lloyd wanted to be a Robocop at this point. Yeah, probably. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to cool. use the outfit and he flip and flops around, but he ends up beating him up and what loses the gun in the process but yes. saves the girl and um 
but with the gun going off and the the equipment being used the energy signature is then fully traceable to earth um and at this point hulk hogan shows up at um at uh, christopher lloyd's place of work and drags him to his car and no, goes no. right you, you missed you this. missed a really funny moment here that even okay, even the yep. kids caught it they like olivia nine-year-old knows what's going to happen here where she's like trying to but uh, hogan's going to barge into the office thing and the receptionist is like no like get back take a seat <laughs> And then Olivia goes, oh, he's going to come back holding a chair. <laughs> and he comes back with like one of the like long benches like over his shoulder. And like, yeah, you fucking called it. So good. <laughs> so, and she like was like, oh. <laughs> that was so funny. Yeah, brilliant gags yeah. in this movie. It was, it was clever. Um, we, we might come back and touch on a few of them because there are some good yeah. ones. Um, but we'll do the plot and then we'll come back to that. Um, yeah, so he, um, goes chasing after the energy signature for the gun. Um, they're running around town, they're trying to work out where it is, and they end up, um, stopping a bank robbery, um, getting chased down by the bounty hunters, and, um, what happens next? Go to the, oh, hold on. Go to the bank where everyone's been frozen. Yeah. Yeah. They deal with that. They get the gun back. Um, and then that's when the bounty hunters show up. Then the, they lock the bounty hunters in the vault. And then... Well, Christopher Lloyd's going to kick... Christopher Lloyd's kicking out Hogan's like... You, like you said, caught in this intergalactic grudge match. And now this is my family. And my planet's got caught up in this now. I just want you to go. And then... It's like, well, I can get out of here if I have these, like bloody blah crystals and he's like oh my bosses uh of the awards for the um the architecture firm wherever they are yep. is uh made out of those crystals so if we go to the party tonight we can get them and we can charge your ship and you can get out of here kind of thing and so that sort of goes to the climactic uh, the battle of them taking on the bounty hunters at the uh the big office office building yes um and there's a, uh, let's see. So yeah, I'm going a bit vague at this point. Um, so yeah, they they go to the office building. They um, are chased down by the bounty hunters. There's a couple of good fight scene type things with some very very bad acting from the Undertaker, um, especially the scene where Hulk Hogan sort of activates his rocket boots. Yes, he goes and a... the Undertaker is just going through yeah. um, floor after floor with this just terrible look on his For face. For a big guy, you're kind of light on your feet, and he activates the things. Then he goes flying up. There's a have a nice flight, camel breath, and then like the next guy comes up and he's like. Talk about cheap construction. It's like three shit one-liners in a row. <laughs> back to back to back. <laughs> really, like, laying it on thick here. Yeah. Oh, and then you had the bit where um, they get the steel bar. <laughs> yeah. The the bounty hunter bends it, oh. passes it to the Undertaker. The Undertaker unbends it, and then Hulk Hogan grabs it and then just twists it into a You know it's going to be a weird shape. Piece of Holds ass. it up and it's a rabbit. <laughs> Yeah. And they're like, oh, <laughs> uh, which 
that doesn't seem like something that character would do. Like, I feel like, does Shep Ramsey know what a rabbit is? But I still enjoyed it oh, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're always going to have with these fish out of water type things some level of just, we're just going to go with the gag. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, okay. There's yeah. I've got more gags here, but we'll, we'll oh, come back yeah, to it all yeah, at the end. We'll come back to them. So, um, <laughs> just laugh and think they, about it. <laughs> uh, so, um, yeah, you end up having the fight. Um, Shep takes out the two bounty hunters, returns to his ship, only to find out that the general that he thought he'd blown up was actually alive Sutar, and had Sutar. Yeah. And um, had captured uh, Christopher Lloyd's family and was using him for blackmail. Um, cue the big fight between the bad guy and um, General Suter gets what? Did he get punched in the dick or something? He get turned into a lizard man. Something happened to him that yeah. made him transform into his true. Yeah, he was. It was form. basically. Um, oh, that's right. Uh, Christopher Lloyd grabs the muscle enhancing glove. And basically, squirrel grips him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's I don't know. If squirrel grip is a term that gets used anywhere outside of Australia or not. Uh, basically, grab the grab the nuts and squeeze. Yeah, well, for some, I thought surely he didn't actually grab him by the nuts. So for some reason, I just remember that without writing it down. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Why is it called a squirrel grip? What does a squirrel do with nuts? Uh, no, grabs we, we don't exactly. even have squirrels in Australia, so how can it be an Australian term? So yeah, it's kind true. of funny. Uh, um, <laughs> but... <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh, God. <laughs> and um, I think I saw in the, the credits that um, Frank Welker was doing the oh, voice for Suter at, yeah. at that point. Um, uncredited, but he's listed in IMDb, I believe. Um, for those that don't know, that is the original voice of Optimus Prime and a hell of a lot of other stuff. Um, We then have um, the um, good guys taking Studer out by blowing up Ship Ramsey's ship. Another climactic bad guy dying in explosion scene, um, just like last episode. Um, and Hulk Hogan being able to take the bounty hunter's ship and um, leaves, leaves, leaves with the secretary who's yes who likes him quite a bit. And uh, from there on, we see that um, Christopher Lloyd has um, grown up here and um, is a lot more, um, a lot less meek and mild and. Blows up those stupid traffic lights yeah, and, real, and all real that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Gives, it like goes to his boss and it's like, you know, stick these up your ass kind of thing. Yeah. Yep. And um, I reckon now we can talk about those little comedy bits that um, were scattered throughout the movie. Yeah, so going back early, uh, we've got the dog locked in the car and uh, the owner's like, ah, shut up, kind of while he's eating at a diner. Now Hogan sees this and then goes over. Hogan still has all these uh, space warrior outfit at the time. And the guy's like, oh, what do you want? And then it cuts to dog is like licking off the plate at the diner. And the <laughs> the man is locked in the car with the muzzle on. And he's like begging for the dog to let him out. So that, that was yep. the one there. 
We've got a mime that pops up a few times who's doing mime things, like he's like trapped in a box kind of thing. Hogan's like, oh, this must be like a level four phase a barrier or something. Force field. Force field. Don't worry, I'll get you out. Boom, punches him in the face. And then later you see the, the mime on a different night. He's like climbing a ladder and Hogan's like, oh, I'll help you. And the guy's like, no, 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 and throws him up. And what does... Is the mom doing something else? Trying to pull himself yeah, along? Yeah, there's, there's another scene where he's um, pretending to pull himself along on a rope yeah. um, at street level. And then he sees Hogan Kong. He just, oh, yeah, he just runs, runs for it. <laughs> uh, so we've got little girl who uh, is Elizabeth Moss. This was her first, one of her very first movies. So Elizabeth Moss, Moss who was like the star of The Invisible Man from last year. One of the highest grossest movie, grossing movies of last year, I believe. Yep, and also the uh, Handmaiden's Tale, which um, I have not seen, yeah. but um, like she's a she's very prominent. Yeah, she's like a, a big big time actor now, and she's like plays like eight year old girl or something in this movie. So she has two mm. scenes. So early on, Hogan's just wandering around the neighborhood, and a little girl crying by a tree. It's like, oh my cat, my cat, and then like this your cat, and then like pulls down the the branch, and the cat has these sound effects of just going. <laughs> And he's like, that's not my cat. And then he lets go of the branch and the cat just goes fucking flying, which is just funny sight gag. And then yep. so then he's and then she just walks off and he's like, huh, you know, earthlings. Then he walks around the corner, like I was saying before, and he goes to the fruit market thing and there's an old lady squeezing melons and so Oh, you know, you can't be too careful. You gotta squeeze them so you know they're ripe and he's like <laughs> he grabs a melon. I laugh every time I talk about this. And he goes to squeeze it, and it explodes, and the you know the shrapnel off this melon goes all over the old lady. He's like, I got a good one. So, so did you laugh out loud during during this stuff here? Yeah, like the I cat did. and the uh, the fruit. The, the the cat was an obvious one. Yeah, um, but the fruit was was quite funny. We also had the earlier on one of these first families, the fish out of water stuff is the all the kids on the skateboards, and then. They go, oh, why don't you ride one? Like, even my even my nan can ride a skateboard or something. And Hogan immediately, like, fucking... He falls off, lands on his tailbone kind of thing, looks like a goof. And then he throws the the skateboard into orbit. You see the, the skateboard fly past the uh, the bounty hunters at that point. And then... Uh, so these all sort of come back to the end of the movie where he's the skateboarding kids again, where he does... It's all a lot of feet. You don't see Hogan's face. He's a full body shot of doing all these crazy tricks on a skateboard. Then he gives him some souped up six, um, six-wheeled six uh, fancy space-age... Uh, Rocket-powered skateboard which, thing, yeah. Which didn't get him, get seen used in the movies. That was weird. And you also see Elizabeth Moss, little girl again, and crying with the... Um, oh, it's my cat or whatever. And it helps the cat get down... So this is like one of the closing scenes of the movie. And then let's go with the branch. Like she grabs on. And so then you see like this fake kid go flying through the air. <laughs> and then he has to run and catch her as she lands. Yeah. yeah. So just, just, just hilarious yeah. stuff. Uh, you have another one with um, where he's walking past a car and the car alarm. It's just straight up being kid, isn't sensor. it? Yeah. yeah it's like, yeah. please step but away from the vehicle. But uh, when he when he rips out the um, the alarm system and smashes on, I was like, um, 
no, no, don't, don't. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can stand as close as you want. <laughs> yeah. Um, you yeah. got the paper boy. Like, Hogan's at the front door. For, like, the mailman is, like, sticking things in the, like, the mail in the chute. And he's, like, grabbing onto it. And the guy's like, geez, chill this guy. Put a leash on it or something. And then um, the paper boy throws the paper and it hits Hogan. And he's like, oh, what's going on? Bullseye. Yeah. And then he's, like... Uh, Shelley Duvall goes back inside and he picks up the paper. He's got a like knife between his teeth and he fucking whips that down the. <laughs> and then you just see the kids like landed in the bushes, being knocked off his bike. So Hogan's for, just for causing havoc in the neighborhood. Feet away with a um, newspaper. Yeah. Yep. Um, at the bank robbery, so the villains of like the bank robbers have frozen everybody. Um, you can still visibly see the people moving. Still, I'm sure you picked up on yep. that. A lot of. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think that was meant to be the case I think like they weren't in full on suspended animation they were just sort of locked in place yeah, um, yeah. Um, they go to use the freeze ray on Hogan you think oh shit he's frozen and then uh, Chris Foley's like he's drinking oh shit <laughs> and, and Hogan's like look 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 big fuck is drizzling down his fucking face he looks like full on wrestler mode here and he wipes his hand and he goes anti freeze I think that's like the best delivered line in the movie. It's so ridiculous. So, um, any other standouts in the in the comedy? I, I think we've pretty much covered them. Um, I will say from the badly awesome side of things, the total inconsistency with um, Shep's strength. Um, I, I I always enjoy those sorts of inconsistencies, like. You know, he punches pretty much as strong as he possibly can at the mime and just knocks him down. <laughs> yeah. But he can launch a skateboard into orbit. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've got this massive fluctuation in what his, you know, power level is that um, it just changes from scene to scene for comedy. Like when he's having to fight in the, in the office building, like he does a Mongolian chop onto the guys, one of the guys, and then say, like, oh, that didn't affect him. Oh, no, it... Hit him downward so hard that he broke through the floor, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, what's what is this? Cheap construction or something? So, <laughs> so that's probably responsible. We do have a little bit of trivia. Here. Have you looked at any of this yet? Um, a little bit. I noticed that um, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was one of the um, stunt coordinators. Oh, what the fuck would he? Oh, sorry, one of the stunt people. Oh, stunt people. Okay, stunt people. Yeah. Um. Now, Brutus the Barber Beefcake was also in um, Santa with Muscles. Yeah, he's like Hogan's best mate, so he's in a lot of yeah. shit as well. So this uh, movie was originally titled Urban Commando and intended for Danny DeVito as Charlie and Arnold Schwarzenegger as Shep. But when those two opted to make Twins, who was three years before this movie, the script was bought by New Line Cinema as a follow-up to the highly successful Hulk Hogan film No Holds Barred. We've got in here the gun props from Masters of the Universe were reused in this film. Oh. So another BAM cast movie. And the PKE made a prop from Ghostbusters. Although I don't know if that's Oh accurate. shit, somebody died making this movie. You see this one? Special effects technician Michael Colvin was accidentally killed on the stage of the second unit visual effects shoot when he fell through a trapdoor while testing it. Hmm. 
We've got a, a PKE meter prop from Ghostbusters was reused in this film as a homing device. Yeah, I don't know if that... I don't, I'd have to watch it again. Yeah, just to see if that is actually true. It, yeah, it didn't sort of stand out to me. Oh, we've got to think about it. This with Moss. What? A video game was released based on this film. What, 1993. Would that be... Mega? No, Mega Drive wasn't out in 93, was it? Would it must be Mars System. Nintendo. Oh, we didn't mention um, the kids playing Afterburner at the arcade, and then Hogan's. <laughs> this oh, is yeah. so ridiculous. This is the like, <laughs> this is like fourth wall breaking thing, biggest thing of the film actually. And then he's like thinking that he's like playing like a real fucking war or something. Then Hogan like shoves the kid out of the way and is like, oh, you know, blast shields, rah rah rah, bang, like. Thinking it's all real. And then the game starts smoking and like a little white flag comes out yeah. of the actual arcade unit waving the white flag because he's beaten the game so badly. So I did enjoy that, but it is ridiculous. Oh, absolutely. Um, okay. Ratings. What? what um, it's got to be a nine, doesn't uh, it? I, I feel like this, like it, these kind of movies are so rare that um, it's pretty hard to give out nines in this for this podcast. Yep. Um, for, for any new listeners, our rating system is uh, one, two, or three is a bad movie. Four, five, or six is the range that pretty much every normal, quote-unquote normal movie falls into. And seven, eight, or nine is the the bit that we're hoping to, to get where uh, a movie is so bad that it's just fun to watch. And um, so Ben's just said nine, which um, is the highest possible score we give. Um, and look, it's definitely in that badly awesome range. And the song as well. Um, we didn't mention the song. Oh, we mentioned that. Well, we, we, did, we mentioned that in the previous episode. I'm gonna have to include the song. It's just so cheesy. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, I'm gonna give it a, a solid eight. Yeah. Um, it um, is definitely fun to watch. It's definitely something that has a lot of um, internal inconsistencies, which I always appreciate in a badly awesome movie. Um, but I think it was actually a little too good to, <laughs> to be, you know, badly this awesome. This has a 15% um, on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know why. This is this was a fun movie to watch. Um, no, I'm, I'm definitely giving it a solid 8 out of 9. Yeah. Um. So on Letterboxd, which is the app that I use to track all every every movie I watch, like I've got this, I've given this a four out of five for like regular movie score. Like this is that's how much I enjoy it. Yep. It is one to rewatch in future for sure. So, did we get any feedback for either movie? By the way, I know Stu from the Renaissance Men said something about Orson Welles. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, yeah, uh, hang on. I'll just see if we've got any last minute feedback. Um, no, nothing there. So this only made $7 million when it got released. Worldwide, $7 million. Nothing. Hmm. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, he's just replied the... Um, yeah, Stuart Garrard from the Renaissance Man has just replied... 
Ah, the Orson Welles of bad movies. Oh, no, Hulk Hogan was WWF champion when this movie was released as well. He'd won it back in March. This was released in October of 1991. So, fun trivia. So, is that the end? I think it is. Yes. Uh, did you want to divulge what's up next or not? Yeah, um... Have you, had you said I think what we'll do... Well, what I think we'll do is that the um, the next movie we're going to watch um, we'll announce now, and then um, we might either post-edit in the second movie for next month or um, just announce it on our Twitter feed. But um, we're going from one muscle-bound action hero um, to another with... Uh, the uh, the Terminator himself, Arnold Schwarzenegger, in uh, what I think is pretty much his earliest movie, Hercules in New York. What was the um, credited? It wasn't it Arnold Strong in that movie when that came out. I think he was called Arnold Strong because nobody would know how to say Schwarzenegger. We will have to find out when we check IMDb yeah. next month. All right. Uh, yeah, so Hercules is sent to Earth where he finds true love and starts a promising career in the bodybuilder business. I think you can go far. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. Well, thank you for joining me again, Ben. And uh, we'll be back next month with Hercules in New York and another movie. Another movie, indeed. Yes. We've had a couple of really fun ones to talk about here tonight. I mean, over these last two weeks. So hopefully everybody enjoyed listening to him. I hope so too. Okay. All right. Bye. bye. bye.